Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Pepla Vilnida, Pepla Imural. Pepla Bossal, Pepla Penetrable. Yo di, nous sont pep qui saute, mais nous pape prenzé pour wosh. Pepla sans famille, Pepla sans titi, Pepla aigri, Pepla tout uni. Ton éboulim, nous pape ka effacin, c'est celle bon Dieu qui pou jigen. C'est religion ça. Parler en pile ça, c'est missionnaire ça, qui fait peuple la vulnérable. Chien manger chien ça, c'est manger chien ça, craser agriculture ça, qui fait peuple la vulnérable. Il a fait grand pampan, il a fait propagande, pendant nous l'emprison, il a tout yétissant. Mais chaque époque, qui est pour le passé, mais toute maman, si y est de l'eau l'angélique, nous prenons grand bois, nous prenons le café, nager de l'eau pour tout sang qui coulait. Mais j'ai qui riche, pas chamois, moi j'ai qui pauvre, mais chaque coucou, clairé pour C'est gouvernement ça, c'est coup d'état ça. Parler en pile ça, qui fait peuple la vulnérable. Ça fait couler ça, mon en haut, mon en bas ça. C'est ça fait classe ça, qui fait peuple la vulnérable. 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 Legacy of 1804. I am your host, Alice Backer. Today's date is December 8th, 2017. And tonight we are welcoming Albert Saint-Jean from BAGI, which is the Black Alliance for Just Immigration. He's going to talk to us about a forum on TPS that is happening next Monday, Monday, December 11th at PS241 at 976 President Street, which I'm assuming is in Brooklyn. I think it is in Brooklyn. The Black Alliance for Just Immigration, Haitian Americans United for Progress, and the PS241 Parent Teacher Association will be hosting a community forum, understanding what the ending of TPS means, get legal information, how communities can support, organize, and advocate for affected families and neighbors, and translation will be available. And that forum is going to be Monday, 
December 11, 2017 at 5.30 p.m. All right. And that's going to be at PS241 at 976 President Street. So before I continue, let me just uh, check in to make sure that I've got <clears throat> Albert with me. Albert, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. Yes, thank okay. you. <laughs> thank you for coming to the show um, under such short notice. But also, you you know, the flyer went out yesterday. Well, at least that's the first time I saw the flyer. So that's why I decided to invite you on the spot. And I'm very happy that you are here with us and that you can hear me fine. Um, I just want to remind the listeners of Legacy of 1804 that um, here at Love 1804, we amplify Haitian voices live on air every Friday night. And that is just the audio version of what we have been doing online at kisskeacity.com since 2005. You can find us on all the social media, well, and specifically Twitter, Instagram, and uh, Tumblr uh, at the handle at Kiskeacity. And um, and on um, Twitter, as of today, I believe there's about, uh, well, there's definitely over 50,000 of you following at Kiskeacity. Yeah. So I, I'm grateful to all of you for that. And you can listen to past shows on iTunes by searching the keywords LOF1804. And past shows are also available at kiskeacity.com under the tab LOF1804. Um, when we ha while we have our guest tonight, uh, Albert Saint-Jean, who, of course, we're very happy to have with us, um, you can call in at any moment and let me know you want to ask a question or react to what you're listening to. And that number is 714-242-6119, 714-242-6119. And uh, just press 1 when you're ready to talk, and um, you will... You will be um, you will be welcomed with open arms. So, Albert, why don't we start with who a bit about yourself, um, who you are, and a little bit about your background, and what you do at Baji Black Alliance for Just Immigration. Hi, yes. So, my name is Albert Saint Jean, Albert Saint Jean. Um, I'm, I'm a Haitian American. I was born here in the United States in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Um, I, uh, um, I, I'm the leadership, I'm the, I'm sorry, I'm the lead organizer for the Black Alliance for Just Immigration here in New York City. Um, it's an organization that, um, tries to bridge the gap between, uh, Black Americans and Black immigrants, uh, through issues involving, uh, racial justice, economic justice, and immigrant rights. Um, oftentimes, uh, the what, what the reason why why we I mean sorry the reason why we focus on this aspect of um the the issue we deal with the cross section because the same machine that's deporting um black immigrants is also the same machine putting um black Americans in jail so we do workshops we do know your rights workshops with folks letting them know how to interact with um ICE agents um we do we connect people with legal help. Um, we advocate for people in detention centers. Um, we try to we uh, build partnerships and provide direct support to our communities. Um, we have a, um, a network of organizations called the Black um, Immigrant Network that we work with um, by leveraging, uh, you know, like grants and 
so forth, anything to um, help support our community. So. Yes, and we, you know we've had Ben Ndugakabuye on the show about twice to, to talk about ICE raids um, on Black immigrants in New York and specifically in the Haitian community. So this is not our first interaction with Baji, but thank you so much mm. for putting that so succinctly. And um, so we're very interested in this in this TPS forum that you're that Baji is holding on Monday. And so do you want to start by telling us and I'm I'm correct, right? That it's it's actually going to happen in Brooklyn. It is right. President's yeah, it's in like, Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah, it's in Crown Heights. Yeah. Oh, great. All right. So it's it's actually in Crown Heights. Okay. So why don't we start with why uh, Baji decided and, and you decided to organize this forum? Well, um, the PTA for that school reached out to us, and we have been looking for opportunities to do forums. Um, we participated in the forum in Mega Evers. Uh, we did we we did another forum where we showed a documentary screening about the conditions in Haiti, and um, talked about um, the impact that TP uh, that deporting fifty eight thousand people back to Haiti would have on the country. Um, so this is just so this was just something that um, we wanted to continue this conversation by um, actually connecting folks with people that can actually help them because before it was more informative uh before the decision was made now that this that decision has been made we want to start letting people know um who they could turn to um for help and um what what ways we could um we could start to organize around this issue going forward and to start um plotting for a path after beyond tps because it can't be just about TPS. We need a path to permanent residency for folks. So, wow, yeah, that's I'm, why so we, happy. Um, I'm so happy you mentioned this because, um, yeah. you know, obviously, you know, as 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 Haitians at Legacy of 1804, where we we want, you know, TPS holders to be able to do whatever it is they please. If they want, you know, um, mm-hmm. and if they've identified that they have a better life in the United States obviously and you know and 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 they think that you know renewing tps every 6 to 18 months is the best way to go without them having some full rights um mm-hmm. that um you know obviously we we were never against that but we also very well understood the whole time uh and we're very in agreement with our friends at um uh Komukoda that what needs to happen is something more permanent because you cannot you cannot you know i mean it's it's obvious that the, the democratic party has its agenda and its agenda is to demonize trump and you know a lot mm-hmm. of you know the tps uh, and and i've heard um an organizer at your organization i can't remember his name but i think he's either from eritrea or ethiopia say this on oh, democracy now so. you talking about abraham uh he's from eritrea yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i've actually heard him say that, you know, this whole like frenzy around TPS makes it sound like, you know, this is like a Trump specific issue, but but there were deportations happening under Obama as well. And so there's a politicization mm-hmm. there's a politicization of the TPS mm-hmm. issue on the part of um, you know, the establishment of the Democratic Party that makes it sound like the Democratic Party was the best thing that ever happened for immigrants. And we know that mm-hmm. under Obama, for example, there were more deportation of Haitians um, mm-hmm. than under any other president, um, specifically. Mm-hmm. And then this, you know, this was not necessarily in the context of TPS. So, 
um, it's, I'm extremely, I'm ecstatic to hear you say that something more permanent needs to happen. So if you want yeah. to uh, elaborate on that, we, we'd love to hear that. And we know that, you know, the people who've been very critical of uh, the DNC, the Democratic Party establishment, and people like Hillary Clinton um, have always have have already said that you know there's there's not it's it's kind of foolish to think that you know it's only because we're under Trump administration that this issue is happening with with TPS. Mm -hmm. So um, if you could talk to us about what you as Baji envision as this more permanent solution mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know, I, I know that they're, um, they're, they've been holding forums on general amnesty, for example. Um, tell us what Baji's vision is on what this more permanent solution should be. Yeah, so for instance, there was a law that was proposed by uh, Lydia Velazquez, um, a representative from New York, um, where um, she was calling for anybody who had TPS past or present to be able to have a pathway to permanent residency or citizenship. Um, because it, to us, this is only what makes sense, because the reason why these countries need TPS in the first place is because these countries um, were not, were, were not um, they, they didn't have the infrastructure to be able to rebuild themselves. Why didn't they have the infrastructure? Because they are, these are countries that are exploited, particularly by the United States. So it doesn't make sense that the same country that's exploiting them and creates a condition to where this country does not have the capacity to even bounce back from a hurricane, from an earthquake, like most other industrialized countries are able to. You know, um, these countries, are, um, until they can reach another status in their development, that's another story. But for the time being, they're not able to repatriate all these people. If they, these people left for a reason because the country was not able to accommodate them. Like, for instance, in Haiti right now, you have people being deported from the Dominican Republic as well. About 23,000 people are on the border, um, uh, um, are staying on the border in, in little um, towns, um, on little campsites um, between DR and, and Haiti. And the, because the government cannot repatriate those 23,000 people. They just can't. It's not simply that they're stateless people. Um, um, they just are, don't have the capacity to take them in. How are they going to be able to take in 58,000? It doesn't make sense. Um, um, as we know, right now, currently, Haiti's having political turmoil, partly because of the United States, which tampered with the last elections um, 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 that we had over there. And then Hurricane Matthew hit the breadbasket of Haiti, the Southern Peninsula, you know? So you're talking about a country that right at the moment, because of years of exploitation, because of um, it being made an example of, because Haiti is, a, is, is the world's example of black self-determination. Haiti has been punished for years, for years, for centuries. And so now um, we expect them to just bounce back and take in almost 60,000 people like that, like nothing after what this country has done to them. That doesn't make sense. So we believe in a, a permanent solution. We believe in um, um, a, a permanent pathway to residency, a permanent pathway to citizenship. And for those, and, and we really do not like the narrative of good immigrant, bad immigrant. It is true, majority of TPS holders are contributing to this economy. 
deporting them would cost this country way more money than it would cost to um, keep them here. Especially, and particularly the money that we're losing because of what they're doing for the economy here. And not only that, the money they're sending back to support their families back home. I know a woman that put three of her kids um, through, through college and um, three of them are engineers now. So we, basically that's what we believe. <laughs> um, that's just the longer version of just saying there needs to be a permanent status for them. And, and if even if someone is not law abiding, that is our problem here in this country. They broke the laws of this country. They should serve their time in this country and be um, um, brought back to general population once they've served their time. All right, so Albert Saint-Jean, you just mentioned uh, a good immigrant, bad immigrant controversy. Uh, this is the first time hearing of it, although I'm not surprised about it. Do you want to elaborate on what this good immigrant, bad immigrant uh, discussion has been? Yes. Yeah. So basically, the reason why, um, why we bring it up is because the majority of deportations of black immigrants um, of all nationalities um, are criminal deportations. So when people um, talk about this, oh, well, you know, uh, uh, this person is a law-abiding citizen, um, this person was a criminal, um, we have to examine that a little bit more closely because the majority of the people that are being deported are being deported um, uh, uh, from black immigrant communities are being deported because of low level minor crimes. Um, many of them are being deported because of broken windows policing, you know, something similar to stop and frisk. Um, you might stop someone on the street, find a little bit of marijuana on them. People don't even have to be convicted. Just the simple fact of you getting arrested and you're undocumented, your fingerprint gets sent to ICE, they pick you up at the courthouse, there was a gentleman from Barbados who was um, picked up from the courthouse right after um, his case was dismissed. So this is why we don't like the narrative of, um, of why we say good immigrant, bad immigrant narrative, because people always want to um, portray that any immigrant that um, doesn't ha that hasn't been arrested deserves to be here, and anyone that that has been arrested doesn't. No one says that, but it insinuates that. And it's very unfair considering the fact that three out of four black immigrants who are deported are deported on criminal grounds and the vast majority of that is nonviolent. So yeah, that's um, what we mean when we talk about the good immigrant, bad immigrant narrative. Mm -hmm. All right, that's very interesting. Now, when you uh, at Baji talk about a more permanent solution, what exactly are you envisioning? Okay, um, a more permanent solution, um, for instance, the, the law that I, that I mentioned before, um, everyone past and present who had TPS, um, including those from West Africa, the, the places where they um, were struck with Ebola, uh, Sudan, all of these places um, that, that have had TPS, um, that they should be um, allowed to have that permanent pathway to citizenship. Um, to be able to, um, 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 you know, yeah, basically that, and also uh, general amnesty. That's another um, solution that we seek. That this is something that was done in the '80s under Reagan, when um, you know, when uh, when folks were here that were undocumented, when they just um, when they allowed them all to have uh, be able to get green cards through family reunification or what have you. Um, any of these methods 
um, in our eyes, um, would suffice, just anything that would allow uh, them to not have to worry about um, ever the fear of being deported or having that held over them. Um, in particular, especially in the Haitian community, maybe twice the amount of people who currently have TPS would qualify for it, but many people didn't want to come out of the shadows because TPS has the word temporary in it, you know? So we, we want something that would allow those people that are in the shadows to be able to come out and live a normal life. And, um, and those who had TPS past and present to be able to live a normal life without the fear of deportation, without the fear of harassment from um, law enforcement, from ICE, and to be able to contribute to this country, to this economy, to society, but most importantly to their communities and to each other um, freely. So that's what um, that's what we envision. So um, Albert uh, Saint Jean, the people at Comacota who have been advocating for general amnesty, uh, one of the things they say is that um, you know there's about three times, or even I mean, there's like a multiple of three times the number of people on TPS who are. Um, undocumented in the United States, mm -hmm. um, in the Haitian community, for example, um, and, mm -hmm. and even maybe in, in, in all of the immigrant communities. And mm -hmm. so am I hearing you say that you're extending, you're, you're trying to find a solution? If, if you're talking about general amnesty, you're actually starting to talk about a solution that goes beyond just the subset of people who are TPS holders and exactly. just a wider population of, of the undocumented? Exactly, exactly. Um, we would definitely support um, that, uh, um, a measure like that. In fact, that's like the ultimate goal. Um, however, you know, given how politics works, you have to work with one subset of people first and so on and so forth. But the truth is that um, ideally, general amnesty would be something that um, would be more um uh, more humane um frank uh, well, frankly speaking um because it allows people to live like i said earlier it allows people to live a full life to enjoy um full citizenship here in this country um you know when constantly um one thing i noticed um living in brooklyn is that or just really throughout my life even with people in my family um is that uh, so many people are so like precarious about their status that it limits their life so much, but yet they still manage to, to eke out a living somehow. They still manage to eke out a living, but they could do so much more if they were able to just like not have to worry about their status, apply to any job that they qualified for, be able to go to um, 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 school without, you know, I mean, many of them go to school anyway but still get the jobs that they deserve to get because of their education. Um, and, 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 you know, but it's sad to say, we don't have any way of um, making this happen today. So many of them have to do odd jobs to get by. They have to work two or three jobs. Some of them have to do illegal things like um, selling bootleg DVDs. Um, um, I, I, not that that's as popular as it, as it once was, but, Still, it allows people to 
be a part of American society. It allows people to, um, it, it makes the country a better place. Um, yeah, so it, it, it doesn't make sense to go for anything less. Yeah, no, this is great. This is great. Now, the other thing I wanted to um, ask you about is um, we know it's, it's it, you know, <laughs> so many things in this country, you know, between the, uh, you know, Democrat-Republican duopoly um, kind of don't end up making sense because, people assume that there's like a big difference between the two parties, but we do know that the last general amnesty happened under Reagan. That said, mm -hmm. with Trump's crazy um, anti-immigrant <coughs> rhetoric and the building a wall to prevent Mexicans from coming in, what do you at Baji think is the likelihood that there would be a general amnesty under the current uh, climate or even a pathway to citizenship for for TPS holders. Um, well, we know that the we know that this administration. I mean, and, and it's not just Trump either. I, I would be surprised that if I'm Obama pretty much had a chance to do that. Um, Democrats have, have have dropped the ball on this several times as well. So it's not just Trump. Um, and also, we also know that this is like a long game game. We don't expect it to be something that will um, happen within the next year or, or even any time within uh, this administration. Um, but we would rather, um, we're, we're more focused on long-term strategies that um, provide an ultimate solution rather than kicking the can down the road like what's been happening with TPS. And look where that got us. Um, right. Our philosophy, yeah, exactly. Like our philosophy is, you know, to find a cure, not to slap a bandaid on the problem. Um, so, yeah, we, what we want to do is, um, we want um, people in our communities to start. Are you are you um, saying TPS was that bandaid? Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. It was. I mean, even though we needed it. Um, it was something very important, but it was something that was being held over our people's heads. You know, it was, and, and now you see, you see it being weaponized to reinforce white supremacy right now in this country. Um, and, um, and, you know, and, and we would, if it got extended again, hey, that's better than it being terminated. But ultimately, um, as long as it's temporary protective status, it's something that the bulk of undocumented people in the Haitian community will not want to be a part of, even less so after this episode. Um, it, it just has to be something permanent. And what we want to do is, pre is get people in our communities to understand that they have to hold their local politicians accountable, whether they're Democrat, Republican, Green Party, Socialist, whatever. You, we want them to know to hold those people accountable because in this next coming year, these midterms, I'm pretty sure a, a lot of districts are going to go blue, right? And, mm -hmm. the thing, and the thing with the Democratic Party is that, as you already know, is that they take the black vote for granted. They take all their votes mm -hmm. for granted, really, because they're a party that's sure. more focused on 
on patronage. Um, right. We have to let our people know that to really understand it, we don't want this patronage. We want real solutions to our problems. And um, right. and, and and we have to start con- we have to start fomenting a movement towards that aim rather than little strategic moves. Like we have to play chess, not checkers. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Albert St. Jean, you and I are both talking here and neither you nor I is a TPS holder. Um, no. If we put ourselves in the shoes of a TPS holder, what should a TPS holder expect from the forum on Monday night uh, that is going to make their immediate life easier than what it is right now? Because right now I understand if we can, you know, start focusing on like the, the life of a TPS holder right now. Um, my understanding is Trump, uh, after having extended initially TPS for, I think, six months for Haitians when he first got elected, this was after yeah, six months. all mm-hmm. of the Democratic Party organizing, um, and it's in- including the those organizations in the Haitian community receiving uh, Democratic Party funding, uh, put all their eggs in the basket of, you know, an extra six months of TPS. Um, that mm-hmm. was granted, and then when it came time to renew that, the Trump administration said no, but it said there's 18 months for uh, those on TPS to essentially, what, find their way back to Haiti? There's 18 months, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. um, if I'm a TPS holder now, and I show up at your forum on Monday, what what is in, in there for me? Okay. Um, when you go there, you should be able to um, begin, rec- like after coming out of there, you should be able to recognize what um, what avenues you can take, uh, whether it is to prolong your um, the, 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 the legality of your stay here or, you know, like, for instance, like, like things like that. I said that on Cre- in Creole intentionally. Um, if you, um, and yeah, you should and also we can veer be, to Creole at any moment. We can speak whatever we want. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good, good, good. Yeah, because certain things I'd rather say, say it in Creole. And, um, and also, um, if you're there, you should also be able to identify, um, um, people in the, in the neighborhood, in Flatbush in particular, in Crown Heights, that can provide, um, direct services, whether it's to connect you to, um, HRA benefits, um, social services, what have you, because even if you're undocumented, there's still things that you qualify for here in New York City. And another thing is that, besides the child in the background, another thing is that you should be able to, um, oh, um, lower your voice, okay? Sorry about that. Um, another thing that you should be able to um, identify, uh, be able to come out with is, um, where um i'm sorry i lost my train of thought you should be able to to find out um wh- where uh, uh you can um uh organ who you can organize with uh, to get your voice heard uh what legal services there are and what other local resources there are um i want to make sure that they know who to plug into whether it's for tenant advocacy um because landlords um are taking advantage of people's um people's undocumented status. Um, yeah, so l- local immediate resor- resources that they can use, because even though we're not fully a sanctuary city, like they say, we're still better off than a lot of other places. 
So New York mm-hmm. City, there are a lot of resources we can use. And um, why would you say we're not fully a sanctuary city? It appears like the mayor um, of New York and certainly uh, I think the mayor of L.A. have made it, have mm-hmm. expressed that we, we are sanctuary cities. Why do you say we're not fully a sanctuary city in New York? Yeah. Oh, no. Well, you know, um, if you walk down um, Nostrand Avenue um, and uh, Newkirk, if you, um, you know, go anywhere around Eastern Parkway and, you know, Franklin, um, all these areas where people live are heavily policed. Um, and, and the areas with the most deportations are in New York City are areas with black immigrants. And this is because of the type of policing that we have, broken windows policing. Um, we can't say that we're a sanctuary city when uh, someone can get arrested in New York City for a minor crime, have their fingerprint taken, and then ICE knows where to find them. Um, we can't be a sanctuary city when ICE is snatching people from Rikers Island, from the courthouses. Um, we're not a sanctuary city when you have um, just armies, legions of cops walking and combing down through your neighborhood um, and um, and yet no community resources, no um, community-centered programs are being put forth. You're spending more money on policing than you're spending on um, um, uh, resources for the community or affordable housing. So yeah it's it's hard for me to um i think that the the uh um calling new york a sanctuary city is very disingenuous when you look wow at, uh, <laughs> this is actually <laughs> the first time i'm hearing this perspective and it's very interesting yeah because um it's funny because new york does get flack from the extreme right for being in a, a sanctuary city and you're debunking that based on the fact that broken windows policing um, still reigns here. Now, it's fascinating you just mentioned this because I had a coworker tell me today that de Blasio did away with broken windows. What would you tell my coworker um, in response? Um, well, I don't know. I, like, I don't, uh, that's the funny thing because they'll say they did away with broken windows the same way they say they did away with um, stop and frisk, right? It's it's and then exactly. now without broken yeah so they went from uh, stop and frisk to broken windows no actually they went they started with broken windows in the nineties stop and frisk then broken windows again and then now they're gonna start calling it community policing um um community policing looks like this but you're saying the um, po- but but you're saying the profiling is still the same regardless of what they're exactly, calling these policies exactly. okay they're, yeah they're just changing the name but the tactics are still the same i was with kids the other day on notion avenue um um in st mark's where police officers from the 77th precinct jumped out and started running through everybody's pockets without warning um with no reason or cause whatsoever so yeah, that's um. So I don't know broken windows um if if what they're calling it now, but that still looks like broken windows to me. And um, I'm not sure um what how much you're involved with the with broken windows anti broken windows advocacy, but 
Um, why is it that people are even mm -hmm. saying that Mayor de Blasio did away with broken windows? Was there a court that ruled that broken windows was un unconstitutional? I mean, wh why is there this perception out there? Or is it just a, the mayor's PR? It's, the, it's more PR. Um, it's, it's, it's the rhetoric. Um, the thing is that, the, 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 um, to their credit, this mayor and the last one, Bloomberg, their language was not as visceral as Giuliani's. So right. people look at tone and, and 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 what he's saying and perhaps the intent behind his language, but they're not really looking at the impact of the policy. Mm -hmm. um, they're just looking at the semantics, but the impact is very is is very much the same. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is yeah. great, and it's it's fascinating to be able to extrapolate from broken windows for the American population, the citizen population, to what it ends up meaning for people on TPS and people who are undocumented. Yeah. Um, and now, you mentioned a moment ago, so you just made it clear that on, at the forum on Monday, there will be very practical uh, tips for TPS holders in terms of getting as many services as they can in this 18-month period. Um, mm -hmm. uh, okay. Now, you mentioned that landlords are taking advantage of TPS holders. Do you want, do you want to explain how? Yes. Um, I'll give an example. There's a Haitian family um, in an apartment off of um, Empire Boulevard. Um, the landlord uh, knew that they were undocumented, um, and he wanted them out so that he can uh, gut the apartment and get um, higher-paying tenants in there. So what he did was uh, he called ACS on um, on the uh, um, on the family um, so that uh, they could get their kids taken away and also um, that you know have that encounter with perhaps like that possible encounter that would um, that would scare them off and and scare away the tenants. Um, th that's just one of the examples that they'll do. There's other examples um, of people, of landlords, just like knowing that, you know, maybe this tenant is undocumented and they want them out. So they'll let the apartment get run down until the point where the city says it's no longer habitable. They find the landlord. The landlord um, gets the tenant out, eats the fine, renovates the apartment and makes four times as much she was making before off the apartment. Like it's things like that. Like landlords use the fact that um, that they know that a lot of tenants are, who are undocumented or who have TPS are very scared and don't want to rock the boat, don't want to make any waves. They use that to their advantage because they they know that these people are afraid to speak up. But like as I said, even though we're not fully a sanctuary city, you still have rights in this city if when you're a tenant. You can, um, so, um, um, hopefully we can have, I'm sorry, go ahead. You're about to say? No, 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 no. Okay. Yeah. So, um, hopefully, uh, and, and really, uh, and I did a bad job earlier. I should really say who's going to be at the, uh, um, the event on Monday, um, we will have Haitian Americans United for Progress there, who um, 
who they do m many direct service uh, work for the, the Haitian community um, and also um, Haitian women for Haitian refugees. Um, they, they help people get connected with um, uh, uh, social services and any other type of help that they need. Um, and they're also connected with Flamboyant, who works with um, um, Haitian students. Um, and there's um, also yeah, Haitian we've had, we've, we've had all these people on the show, so yeah. We've had all go, them on, go on. Yeah, we've had we've had Flamboyant on. We've had Haitian women for Haitian refugees okay. on. Yes. So, but okay, yeah, keep good, going. Good. Yeah. So, and also Haitian uh, New York Haitian Leadership Coalition. Uh, Mona Lisa from there will will be there as well. Um, and, and they're doing a lot of, uh, a lot of direct service work and advocacy in the community as well. So, um, and, and, um, and, and, uh, hopefully, um, it's tentative. We're hoping to have a Flatbush Tenant Coalition and, uh, hopefully someone from the Equality for Flatbush. They are tenant advocates, um, and they do, uh, they do a lot of stuff. Around uh, gentrification, anti-gentrification work, and they have um, access to tenant rights advocacy, and they organize tenant unions and so forth. So, yeah, there should be a lot of um, there should be a lot of information there, um, and a lot of places we could um, um, we can we can send folks for help. So, yeah. All right, this is great. I'd like to. Will, um, remind our listeners that if they want to uh, react to Albert St. Jean or just um, ask questions, the number is 714-242-6119. Again, 714-242-6119. And to those who are already on the line, just press 1 to ask your question and do so as soon as you can. Um, um why don't we um Albert go into um the uh let's 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 discuss what um what resistance you may or may not be getting to this campaign as Baji, um, what, um, whether there is any resistance at all in a place like New York, mm -hmm. and what your challenges are in doing this advocacy, um, mm -hmm. just even generally for just TPS holders, but also just expanding from TPS holders to uh, all of the undocumented. Yeah, yeah so, um, one of the biggest challenges that we face is that um uh is is the is the particularly people are scared um that's like w one of the scariest things is that um people are not getting their voices heard because <clears throat> because they don't want to be identified and what ends up happening is it hurts the community overall um because then politicians can just claim that there's not a need for it and and it's not as if the politicians don't know that the that their folks are scared that that they don't know that oh well we didn't know that this was going on. It's just that the squeakiest wheel gets the oil and um and 
and because they're not making noise because they'd rather just um they they, they don't want any trouble um it makes it a lot harder to get these stories heard and to and for people to really take seriously um the struggle that particularly the black undocumented community has you know um a lot of people even within our own community didn't even realize how serious um uh, over policing was affecting our community and aiding in gentrification until we actually started showing them the facts showing them uh stories and data um to back it up and and then and then the dots started getting connected because everyone knows uh um 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 our story in our community everybody does but we all think that it's just this individual or silo thing or we think that there's nothing we can do about it so therefore what's even the point so we become more apathetic and we just want to survive to make it to the next day to put food on the table and to keep the lights going that um precarious kind of existence is in, in this capitalist system is the really really the biggest obstacle um that we find because i mean you do get pushback we get pushback from folks like whenever we break up bring up things like broken windows or holding local politicians accountable um we get pushback from folks saying that um basically blaming the victims and usually it's people from within our own community that are point pointing the finger back or oh, how come they just don't get their stuff together why don't they just um get their papers like it's not as easy as it was maybe when you came through you know it's the process is longer now more expensive um yeah but the, i would say the biggest obstacle is uh people's fear yeah and it's fascinating how older you know waves of haitian immigrants who've been here longer than the tps holders forget their own process of becoming mm -hmm. either permanent citizens or uh sorry permanent residents or or citizens so yeah thank you for yeah. bringing that up now earlier when we were discussing the so-called good immigrant versus bad immigrant uh a myth that's out there and you said that you know that you know technically um, all of those who get deported have criminal records, but they only get deported based on minor offenses. Um, mm -hmm. Tell us about that TPS holder or even the, just that undocumented immigrant who somehow gets wrapped up in that criminal justice system being black. And tell us about what you as an advocate for TPS holders and I guess for, you know, just black immigrants in general um, have found, like, what should we, what are, what do you say to the person who says, well, if you somehow got embroiled in the criminal just, you know, somehow committed a crime and now you're being deported, well, it's on you. And um, I've, I've had to hear about the case of someone um, who you may or may not know, and I'm, I'm actually not going to say their name, but there's one mm -hmm. TPS holder in particular who um, somehow got embroiled with the cops in Brooklyn for driving a, um, driving a dollar van, who I know is kind of in detention right now, ready to be deported. Mm. 
Um, mm, so for that TPS holder who, like, what have you found about TPS holders who somehow got embroiled with the cops and the criminal justice system? Yeah. Um, for, first of all, I want to say sorry about that person who um, who's in detention. That's not a that's not um, a good place to be. Um, yeah. So about um, people, uh, TPS holders and folks who get um, in contact with law enforcement, it basically is it's inherent in the fact that um, black neighborhoods in New York City are, are just criminalized, not just individuals, but communities are criminalized. Um, um, so it doesn't really take much. Um, very often it could be, uh, for instance, uh, you have examples of people who might jump the turnstile. Um, you might be running, running late for work or something and your Metro card isn't working or you don't have enough, um, to put on it. Um, so you, you have to turnstile and then you might get apprehended, um, depending, um, depending on the circumstance. Um, once you're apprehended for that, um, and they arrest you. The thing when they when they arrest you, they take your fingerprint, and 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 regardless, it could have been a slap on the wrist or something like that. But the fact that you get arrested for it, all of a sudden now you're on ICE's radar because that fingerprint goes to a uh, a federal database that ICE has access to, and if you if you're undocumented you've all of a sudden become, you had the spotlight put on you. If you were in a shadow, now all of a sudden they know where to find you. They know what address you're staying at. They know that you're in jail and they know to send somebody um, when upon your release. You know, whatever it is, they're onto you now. And that's usually how it happens. We have people who, um, uh, who, 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 came here and um, they got a wrongfully accused of something and they went to jail and they went to jail and they go to court. And when they go to court, the case gets dismissed. After the case is dismissed, who's waiting for them in the courthouse is ICE. It wasn't that person's fault. You know, if you jump a turnstile and, or, and you're late for work, should your punishment be deportation, you know? Mm-hmm. Like that's um, it, it's something as simple as that. It or it could be, um, yeah, um, maybe people might judge a small amount of marijuana. Is a small amount of marijuana something you should get deported for? Um, mm-hmm. that you know because these are things that in white neighborhoods that doesn't happen. You, this doesn't happen in Brighton Beach. There are many undocumented hmm. Ukrainian and Russian people down in Brighton Beach, Coney Island area. And in Greenpoint, mm-hmm. they're not going to those places and looking for people. They're going to Flatbush. They're going to Washington Heights. They're going to um, Cambria Heights. They're going to Crown Heights. They're not. Mm-hmm. They're going to our neighborhoods, the Bronx. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. All right. So um, Legacy of Eighteen Four. We've had uh, Albert Saint Jean with us for about uh, fifteen minutes. He's probably going to be with us for another ten minutes. So uh, anybody who's listening and needs to weigh in, please do so ASAP. Seven one four two four two six one one nine. Seven one four two four two six one one nine. And certainly press one. Now my question to you, um, Albert Saint Jean, as we're wrapping up with you, is. Now, I'm a TPS holder. I've got this 18-month period. Um, walk me through 
Walk me through this 18-month period. Um, what should I expect? If in the worst case scenario, I'm going to be going back to Haiti after these 18 months. Um, and if I say have a job, I know that there's this issue with TPS holders having a job. And mm -hmm. that as soon as TPS expires, you, you, you can't show up on the job the next day. Am I correct? A pet, the, yeah, in theory, that's how it's supposed to work. In theory. Right. But we, but we also know there's a lot of undocumented workers on jobs. So is mm -hmm. it that like you were a TPS holder on the job from one day and then when Trump issued, like walk us through the logistics of like when Trump issued this thing a few weeks ago or a few, yeah, a few weeks mm -hmm. ago, I think, saying, okay, no more TPS. It's over now. There won't be a renewal, but you've got 18 months. If I'm on the job the day before Trump issues that, um, you know, the, you know, the day before Trump makes that announcement, what happens to me the next day when I'm technically no longer a TPS holder, but I'm in this 18 month grace period? Like, let's talk about the logistics yeah. of that 18 month grace period. Yeah. What does that mean for a TPS holder who say had a job the whole time they had TPS? And um, what does that mean, uh, you know, in the worst case scenario for when the 18 months end? Yeah. So, um, and someone can call in and correct me if I'm wrong, but um, my understanding is that once, like, going forward in these 18 months, it's as though you are on TPS, you're legally working, you have your permit and everything. But once that's over, once it... Um, the, the designation is finished and it's terminated completely. Um, that next day, you're basically in the shadows. If you were in the country, okay. yeah, yeah. If if you were in the country before um, and um, before they granted TPS, the life that you were living before, you're gonna end up going back to that life, basically, back into the shadows. Um, and you but during that time you need to find other ways that um other avenues that you might qualify for and also during that time um there will be a long fight to to open up new avenues that you could get into but if nothing happens the way that it stands as it is you will be back in the shadows again and they will start um deporting people in theory um and in rounding people up but i don't know how feasible that is because it's a very expensive process is this answering your question i hope i'm getting uh, i hope i understood your question correctly yeah you are answering my question and if i'm getting it correctly once the 18 month is over the average tps holder just basically joins the rank of the undocumented exactly become like any other undocumented exactly. And we know there were like three, four, five, six, I'm, I'm not even sure how many times more exactly. undocumented there are TPS holders. Exactly. So the day the 18 months end, you're back in the ranks of the undocumented. Um, and mm -hmm. it's not like TPS holders are in like a priority list for deportation compared to the no. other undocumented. Or are they? Exactly. They just become like the other undocumented. If they somehow become embroiled well, well, with law enforcement, then they're like more... No they're more under the gun than anybody else. But it's not like if you're a TPS holder and the 18 months end, you're automatically sent back. Well, here's the funny part about it? that. Because, 
you would think that ICE prioritizes people according to, um, you know, like their legality here. The thing is, ICE prioritizes people from what we found based on the um, the ease at which they can locate them, the convenience huh, okay. in finding them. So, um, so just because like you you did have this legal status and now you're off of it, and like okay, well you know it's not like I'm here illegally, so on and so forth. Um, it doesn't really mean that they're not going to prioritize you. Chances are, they could, because they know or they have an idea of where you are, and and and, and what you're doing. Um, so that's normally typically how they how they go about it. But um, but you know, there's a whole um, you have to go through a process of order of removal and so on and so forth. If they were really successful at doing this, um, it would just jam up the entire system, and it would come to. I I, I don't see. It. I just don't see it working. I don't see it working at okay. all. Okay. Yeah. You mean the? You mean you don't see the fifty-eight thousand TPS holders being automatically deported after the eighteen months? No, it's it's just it's like impossible. all the other undocumented. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what yeah, I was yeah. thinking as well. Um, but, but it's good to hear it from you. Yeah, it sounds like yeah, it's extremely. Don't forget, and, and 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 don't forget, real quick. Um, the there are people that have had TPS that that, that it's over now for them. Um, uh, the folks from uh, um, Liberia and Guinea right. um, and the other countries affected by Ebola. And what's happened to them? They're basically mostly still here. Is that what's happening? Yeah. Yeah, right. but they're mostly still here. They there hasn't been a mass removal of them, and and their numbers right. aren't as large as, as the Haitian communities. Right, right. Well, that's 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 good to know. Okay, so um, that's very good. So now let me um, ask you about. Um, Actually, uh, first, let me see if there's any hands raised here. Okay. Um, so we don't have any hands raised here. And um, I'd say we have about um, three, three, three minutes left. So why don't you um, finish, finish us up with, you know, what you want us to know from Monday. So we, we know that from Monday, this forum is happening at 530 in Crown Heights. And mm -hmm. it's happening at uh, PS241 at 976 mm -hmm. President mm -hmm. Street. Um, what is it you want to leave us with? Um, yeah, so Monday, um, come hungry to learn, um, come ready to talk to people. Um, you know, don't, you know, see who gets TPS, who probably is with pair. You know, don't mm -hmm. be afraid to, if you feel like you want to speak up, s'il vous plaît, parlez, s'il vous plaît, parlez, nous pas changer, non, nous pas besoin qu'on est qui nous pour pour nous qu'on est voir. Ok, nous connaissons la loue, mais I just wanted to say mm -hmm. that. Um, but that's okay. the biggest thing I want people to know. And also, I should say that um, I want to give big thanks to um to the ps241 pta um and haitian americans united for progress and uh haitian women for haitian refugees and haitian leadership coalition um for helping yeah. us with this 
Yeah, this is a this, this is a great initiative. We're certainly very you know we're looking forward to continuing to follow this to follow the story, and to continuing to follow the work of Baji and um, Albert Saint Jean. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We certainly look forward to having you back on the show, and to continue to um, follow your progress as an organizer in the Haitian community. So thank you so much mm. for joining us tonight. We're um, we're going to go next to a musical break. And then after that, we're going to be joined by Ujila from Florida, who's going to give us a little bit of, a, of an update on Haitian current affairs. So thank you uh, again. Thank merci. you so much, Albert Saint-Jean, for joining us. Merci and um, yeah, merci en pile. Nous très content <laughs> rencontrer avec vous. Nous Nous t'écoutons Benjamin Nduga Kabouye pendant pendant un pile temps mm-hmm. et nous content que où arriver c'est où même yeah. qui a pour présenter yeah. interaïtienne dans Badji et nous nous t'aimer continuer parler avec vous merci en pile merci merci en pile it was an honor take care ah, all right take care bye bye all right so um, folks I'm gonna leave you in a little bit of a musical break uh, with uh, Misty Jean Lipatwata and then um, at the other end of that, in about five minutes, we're going to be um, discussing for, you know, for, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, just the latest on um, Haiti news, Haiti and Haitian news uh, with Ujilal from Florida. <laughs> Chaque jour, moi, toujours à penser Qui côté moi taille A pays mal inquiété Ça fait longtemps mon vie tourner Haïti chérie, c'est où m'aimé Gade ti moun yo kap soufri Gade frem sem yo kap peri Au passé dans la télévision, c'est une seule vision qui l'aide à joindre nos solutions. Et pour qui ça c'est consacré, pour qui nous pas chercher un genre, pour nous suspendre, pour nous mettre ensemble, pour nous cagons demain. Gardez qui j'en gagne méchanceté D'aller en pile malhonnêteté Pour qui division et malnutrition Fin tu en nation Malheureux et sans attention Pas de travail pied en marre Pas de courage pour s'y Tolérance à campil patience Ou bah Haïti yon l'autre tendance Nous avons besoin de crier 
All right, Legacy of 1804. We have just a small window to get uh, an update on what the latest news has been uh, in the last two weeks. In Haiti, we've got uh, Ujira on the line with us from Florida to do that. Ug, are you here with us? Yes, I am, Alice. Good evening, um, listeners of uh, Legacy of 1804. Once again, it's a great pleasure to uh, be with uh, you. Right. Ah, the latest wanna... in Haiti. <laughs> go on. Yeah. Um, before you go on into that, any reactions to the segment you just heard on um, TPS? I'm actually personally excited to find that Baji, which you know is the you know advocates for Black immigrants, um, has decided to expand beyond TPS to look at, which of course is only logical, more permanent solutions. I mean, the Trump administration has made it clear it's not renewing TPS anyway. But uh, one more permanent solutions and even potentially uh, general amnesty. Any reactions to that? Uh, hmm. Um, God, I'm, I'm knowing this administration. I'm a little skeptical. But then again, uh, um, this extension uh, um, was not exactly expected either. So who knows? Um, I'm not sure I have a well enough informed um, perspective on this, but uh, um, seeing the atmosphere, uh, it, it would be really interesting to see this kind of uh, about face uh, uh, into general amnesty. I mean, there's, uh, you know, the, the election cycle next year, I think, offers great hope. Um, I like what I'm hearing uh, uh, on the ground at local levels. Um, we have a new quite as it's kept, we have a new class of um, public servants being elected at local, uh, um, at the local levels, you know, small towns, mayors, uh, right. um, city councils, right. state, state legislatures, that sort of thing. The profiles are very different. Um, it, I, I'm calling it the Bernie effect. Now, will right. this translate into, into will this Will this translate into congressional change? That remains to be seen. However, I have a lot of hopes riding on on, on the next election cycle um, for for Congress. If 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 it is noticeably different, then uh, um, suddenly I think it's not so far fetched because. It, I'm going on a roundabout way to answer your question because I think uh, one of the things we should anticipate is that a new Congress will probably have impeachment on its agenda. And in that case, um, Mr. might feel uh, a little more uh, interested in negotiating in things like TPS and DACA. That's, that's what my hope is. But as far as uh, Trump himself, um, personally, I, I I'm skeptical. That's my opinion. Right. I mean, he, look, even so Obama said, you know, if you want something, you're going to have to make me do it. So it's not a question right. of Trump himself. But if you're saying that you're seeing a Bernie effect in terms of local elections, that could counteract, counteract um, the Trump effect. But um, thank you for that. And let's move right into, um, you know, kind of a redux of what we would have been discussing if we had a full blown um Haiti News and Blog Review tonight. Um, 
Well, I'm, I'm not sure what we talked about last time, but there's been this whole Petro-Caribe uh, um, reckoning, or, or at least semblance of, of a reckoning, at the beginning of a reckoning uh, in Haiti. Um, folks might recall that uh, um, Senator, last we spoke about this, uh, Senator Yuri Latorti had taken it upon himself um, to form a commission to look into um, what happened to the $3 billion that Haiti had borrowed from Venezuela through the Puerto Caribbean program. Um, mm-hmm. And he had issued a 99-page report and decided that he was told to to, to go back and um, dig further. He handed that report over to Senator Beauplan, who mm-hmm. is going. Um, and he issued a 600-somewhat-page report which was initially 486. All this to say, uh, it, the report has gone through several changes and several dates of uh, release were announced. And then the, the, those dates were also changed. First, there was uh, uh, October 30th, then it was uh, November 14th and the 24th. But um, however, what was interesting is that long before the report came out, the uh, PFTK people uh, um, who felt most targeted, Mickey's crew who felt most targeted by this report, um, long before they had read the first page of the report, they let it be known that uh, they would reject the report's finding uh, based on procedure, um, which, uh, which um, forced uh, Beauplat to change the release of, of the report's date. Needless to say, as soon as the reports finally hit the waves, uh, all the people who's, who are named in there, um, folks like uh, Laurent Lamotte, former prime minister, um, these are the more, more visible players. Um, Stephanie Vildouin, who was uh, minister of, uh, of tourism, um, they all took to, to the media, to the airwaves, to, to attack the report. Um, and uh, claim that it, uh, it was inaccurate, it was unfair, and uh, that they're they're not guilty. Um, but it, several things have been noted uh, is that these people are not saying um, they're attacking the report. They're not attacking uh, 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 its essence, which was um, these people were accused of dilapidating, basically of of, of finding ways to steal public money to steal public funds uh, um, and they're denying this they're denying the procedures they're denying uh, they're saying the report is biased they're accusing the members of the commission that put the, the report together of uh, of being pro lavalas uh, and they even went so far as to say that, that this report was in fact concocted by former uh, um interim president provisional president Jean uh, um and um, Senator Latouche had convened the entire Senate to come and uh, um, debate the report and talk about it. And uh, um, lo and behold, many of uh, the senators uh, refused to come in. They, uh, they refused to attend the sessions, and some even asked for a six-month extension to read the, to read the report. Um, Essentially, the report accused uh, um, the ministers of not looking uh, out for the interests of the states, of uh, uh, accused them of uh, contract of, of signing, uh, um, of being in collusion, of being in cahoot with uh, several entities who have contracts with the government. Um, for example, Mr. Lamotte uh, 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 is accused of signing 
uh, are reported to build to have something like 13.5 kilometers of road built somewhere and only 10 was built, but the government was, was charged for the whole 13. That report was revised to say, no, the government was, was, was built for, for 17 and that the rest of the money just went sideways. Um, in the case of tourism minister Stephanie Bildouin, the most famous uh, um, case is that of a forty million dollar uh, uh, grant that was given to 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 develop tourism in Jack Mel. And long before this report out, there were several uh, um, articles of uh, Jack Mel citizens um, writing open letters to Miss uh, to Madame Bildouin asking her where did the money go. As far as they could tell, they could barely account for half. Of, of the $40 million. So that's just another example. Um, noted uh, uh, in the report uh, was the absence of uh, 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 um, the most glaring uh, publicly accused, uh, um, former President uh, Michel Martelly, um, and, and several lot of names that people felt should have been uh, indexed, should have been pointed out uh, um, by the Petro Caribe report. And the speculation is that by uh, uh, leaving some names out, they hope the accused themselves will 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 bring them in, will drag them in uh, at some point. Um, so the Senate failing to 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 show up to take basically uh, uh, the report into uh, account. Um, Yuri Lazarus, as president of the Senate, didn't hesitate uh, uh, to um, send the report either way to, uh, directly to um, Commissaire du, du Gouvernement, the parquet, to send it to, uh, to uh, the DA, essentially, uh, because in the final analysis, the report formally uh, um, accused uh, these ministers of uh, Stealing uh, um, the larger part of mostly uh, um, three billion dollars, uh, starting uh, with the government of uh, now deceased uh, uh, former President Rene Preval um, in uh, 2008, right through. And there's some dis uh, dispute about exactly how far was the report supposed to look into. Was it up to September of? Uh, um, of 2017, or right at the very end uh, of uh, of the Martelli era, um, whereas uh, um, some of the complaint is that Prevert himself uh, did uh, uh, um, spend some 30 million dollars for the for the briefing term uh, that he was in office. Uh, so this is a big bouhaha right now. It's mostly the uh, the, the Petro Caribbean report, which has uh, um, given. Uh, um, which have which has provoked large protests in Haiti, daily protests uh, in Haiti, denouncing corruption, and it, in, of course, in typical theatrical or uh, Haitian fashion, uh, because um, current president uh, Jovenel Moïse, who himself is indexed in the report as someone who overbuilt the government uh, um, for building roads uh, um, before he became president, um, he stepped out and presented himself as the only one uh, being capable of fighting corruption and uh, on his own to fight corruption in all of Haiti. Uh, um, and of course, this uh, provoked laughter from several sectors. Um, 
But uh, among the uh, demonstrations, the street, the daily street demonstrations, uh, I believe on Tuesday, uh, there was a very unusual one uh, that uh, um, gathered elements from uh, Hayden's middle uh, and bourgeois class uh, who were basically fully behind Martelli when he was, uh, when he, Martelli and his government was just going through this money. Uh, five years ago, and now elements from that class uh, uh, were out on the streets also protesting. Um, however, their numbers were noticeably uh, low. Uh, whereas people expected tens of thousands, um, the few Haitian media that uh, mentioned in the protest uh, uh, talked about thousands uh, of people in the street um, demonstrating against corruption. And uh, um, as we've known for a long time, corruption is a serious uh, um, issue in Haiti, and it is at all levels uh, of government, of life, really, to to the point where it has, uh, some argue that it has crippled the development of um, the country. Uh, I th- These are the two main events uh, that I can think of that have made headline news in Haiti besides um Right before that, the horrible police massacre up in um, the Bolos area. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we mentioned that we talked about this um, last time, where the police uh, mm-hmm. officers went up there to to remove arms and end up killing people, something like twenty right. people. We may have talked about that the last update. So yeah, that's pretty much the most that I have right now. It's mostly the Petro Caribbean report. Now, any in, uh, uh, any updates on um, Minu Just? Or I mean, that's something I I need to do a show on. But um, what's that's going on right. with Minu Just? Right, that transition happened, and the officially the troops the did have the other troops left. The Minusat officially the, the bulk the bulk of the old minister troops left, but as you know, the uh, um, Minusat kept a contingent of of people uh, among them, many unnamed quote unquote police officers. Um, mm-hmm. What was remarkable is that uh, um, the head of Minusat this time around is is an American. Um, yes, I saw that. Uh, who. Right, and um, she decided that she was going to take uh, Jovenel Ali's words and give him a chance to prove that he is indeed the one who can fight corruption. Uh, and and it's, all, it's all very ironic when you consider that Jovenel is himself under indictment. He was indicted right, right. before he was sworn right. in as president um, for, right. m- among other things, money laundering and, again, for figuring in that picture character report for having defrauded the government uh, through overbilling. And now he wants to be the one to fight corruption. So, mm-hmm. and 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 with a very serious face, uh, the Armenian uh, person decided that she's going to give him the benefit of the doubt and see what he can do um, about corruption. Uh, many thought that he should just turn himself in as the Grand Parti National, and that should that would be a convincing sign. And um, what about uh, Trump's? Uh, ambassador to Haiti. We heard, we heard that she was named a few months ago, and of course Rex Tillerson has now resigned. So it looks like Trump's State Department is a bit of a mess. But um, it sounds like she's not as flamboyant or present or visible as was Pamela White. Am I correct? 
Oh, that's yeah, absolutely. She's a far cry from from uh, Pamela White. Uh, uh, the new one is described as as, as a, a, a team player, so she likes to be in the background. She doesn't like to be to to uh, um, to be flashy, which to the yeah. point of, of 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 looking absolutely absent. Because um, ironically, yeah. I don't recall seeing anything in the media of her presenting her uh, um, letter to the president just yet. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if she's on the ground in so, Haiti, I mean, uh, she's, she's keeping a very low profile. We'll certainly be following this, of course. But yes, I did think that it's interesting that she's so, um, we're not hearing anything about her. I certainly wasn't. I was wondering if you had. So this is great. So thank you so much, Ug, for this update. And of course, we will be back next Friday um, for Legacy of 1804. Check my social media to find out if it will be at 9 p.m. or 10 p.m. And I've already got a show that I want to do for next Friday. I don't yet know if the guest wants to show up um, specifically next Friday or the the Friday after next. But, of course, we will be here next Friday regardless. And, um, again, thank you very much, Ugilal. Thank you very much, Albert Saint-Jean from Black Alliance for Just Immigration. And I will leave you with what has traditionally been our theme song, which is uh, One Notre by Bouillon Bois and the Blues in Red Band. Have a great night, everyone.